This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Chonkies, good evening. How the devil are we all? Starting a little bit early, about a couple of minutes. Bear with me. It's a packed night tonight. I have I've got a date at 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's for you guys. I'm doing the Arsenal preview at 10. Nothing exciting. Don't worry. Um, but it's still back. The Premier League is back and we've got it all covered here on Leicester Till I Die TV. Subscribe. Please do, and please remember to do this as well. 
Leicester Till I Die TV. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. We have got, well, we're everywhere. As you can see above me, we're, we're all over there, all over the podcasts. If you go to Linktree, um, the link the link to Linktree, as it happens, is in the description below. And that will take you or give you a link to every single one of our um, podca- uh, podcasts and, and platforms and, and uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that. It just saves you doing it all individually um so welcome along this is this is something a little bit different I'm, I'm i'm trying tonight now it may be that i get my channel shut down who knows uh fingers crossed i don't um but you 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 never know if i get shut down if i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go down <laughs> that was gonna sound so wrong i said i was gonna go down with this guy and i didn't mean it like that i will go down fighting with this guy brad Hello, sir. How are you? Well, I mean, that was the moment the channel shut down, was it? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm not so bad. I stopped myself before, really, like, you know, before I think you know, I said too much and I could clip it and it'd be used against me. Um, got some bad news. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, Yuri Tillemans. He will be at the Emirates this Saturday. Yeah, no, 100%, 100% guarantee it's a wet it's a wet dream for Arsenal fans and I want to see him still in their last exactly I mean I'd love I'd love it I'd love it as um Kevin would say I'd love him to get a hat trick oh it wouldn't just be the icing on the cake as well the bangs in three past them and then just uh yeah that'd be good that would be good that would be good um david's in hello sir how are you yeah apparently we've signed alex smithies a third choice goalkeeper i saw it somewhere else i think he was at cardiff and huddersfield um yeah great we've got a younger i'm going to have to ask you can you move closer to the mic uh brad i am struggling to hear you sorry mate um yeah i don't know your chair that is better. Yeah, that's a lot better. Thank you. Um, he is only supposed to be the third choice, but I guess he's got a bit more experience than Everson if anything happens to Ward. Yeah, and it allows us to send Everson out alone, which I think is correct in the way Leicester do things in, in the sale of Shaman Paul. You promote a Bjorka number, so Everson can go out alone. Smithies can be, in case of emergency, break the hair sort of goalkeeper. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, if nothing else, I could have been honest with what they're going to do. And I said if they're going to go out, it's going to be a number three keeper. And they've gone out, they've got a number three keeper. We still haven't spent any yeah. money, apart from yeah. his... No, apart from his wages, uh, like you say, yeah. and, and they'll be on a lot less than Casper will be, in, in fairness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he likes three goalkeepers. Like I say, we've not... It, it does take up another place. That's the only worry with me, because the other problem, of course, was the fact that we had too many players for the 25-man squad we were allowed. Now, we'd got that down to two, with Hamza going as well. Um, but, I mean, now, obviously, we're back to over one. So, I don't know 
don't know exactly how much it's going to happen. But that said, it's not on the LCFC website yet, so it may not be happening. Uh, we will see what goes there. But hello, David, and welcome to the show. Hayden's in. Good evening, Hayden. How are you? And Terry's in as well. Good evening, Terry. Thank you for joining us. So tonight, uh, oh, say so if you haven't, I don't know if you've seen this at all, um, Brad. Uh, I did go through it on the back pages show from Monday night, I think it was, or Tuesday night, one of them. Uh, Tuesday night it would have been. I think I did a back pages show. There is an absolutely amazing article on Sky Sports. It's written by Rob Dorsett, who is obviously the Midland correspondent for Sky. And it yeah. is a, it's an in-depth look at what is happening at Leicester City and as to why we are not yeah. making any signings now. And I read that, and he knows his stuff. He's seen the reporter at Sky. It is a great, great read. It really is. If you haven't checked it out, Sky Sports, go and check that out, guys, if you're watching and you haven't seen it. It does explain an awful lot. Hayden's good. Keith is in. Good evening, Keith. How are you? Welcome along. Um, not sure if I've seen you before, so you are doubly welcome, sir. And uh, if you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the channel. Um, Brad's details are also available in the channel in the description below on YouTube. Make sure to check out his channel as well. So we're going to be looking at the um, uh, press conference, which Brendan had earlier today. Uh, now, like I say, I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, I may get a strike and I may get taken off air, but hey, let, if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna do it, let's do it uh, big style, eh, Brad? Yeah, let's mate, let's. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna play the press conference. It's only thirteen minutes, but we'll be stopping it now and again and chatting about what what he says. But uh, let's have a look because I have got a first point to make uh, quite quickly. Um, but there wasn't a squad number for Callum Wright, George Hurst, Lewis Brunt, Dana Watson, Chitawan, and oh, hang Josh Apaya. Hang on. There we go. It's gone wrong already. Let's take it back to the beginning. No, nothing, uh, nothing new. So um, everyone, uh, everyone, okay to uh, to be in the squad. I think the, the heat wave will continue. Tip to be sort of mid thirties by kickoff time on Saturday at the Emirates. How do you expect that to to impact on the game, if any? Well, it does. Obviously, the the heat will always have a, a bearing on the intensity of the game and and of course the importance of. Looking after the ball is very important as well. So, uh, so yeah, we've obviously been training in it. So uh, the players have worked so well this week in and in, in having a real uh, intensity in the training. But of course, over the over the course of ninety minutes, uh, yeah, it does have an impact. But um, but like I said, you you got to deal with these situations when they arise on individual players. Now I want to bring up on that, Brad. Did you hear that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's saying there about the heat, and he was blaming exhaustion after the the Brentford game. He's got five substitutes for fuck's sake. He used one, and I, I it is hard to hear sometimes the question, but you know, asking, you know, are we prepared for the heat? It was obviously what the guy was was um, that the the, the the journalist was getting at. Um, yeah. Do you think he's learned his lesson? We know how stubborn he can be. Well, it's, it's probably less a question of whether he's learned his lesson. I think you can't get the answer yourself there by saying it, it just depends how long his stubbornness will stand before he trusts the rest of the squad. 
sort yeah. of to step in. Um, I think for what he did and what he chose and how he chose to change Leicester's shape in that second half against Brentford, he did the right thing in terms of trying to keep his better players on for that 10, 15 minute uh, switch over. But when he when he brought Dakar on, there should have been there should have been two people with him. So hopefully he's learned, and hopefully, you know, the aforementioned heat coming into this week week's game is going to make him think out. And but should yeah. he, in all honesty, should we be talking about the seventh best manager, paid manager in the Premier League, somebody with his experience having to learn. Surely he should have seen that, should have seen what Brentford were doing. Um, <laughs> oh, how bloody hot it is. Uh, and he, should, he, he, he shouldn't need to be told that, should he? No, he shouldn't. But the hardest thing to happen to a manager is just when you're committed to making a change or making a tactical decision is something happens in the game. It could be good. And it could be a goal for your team and that could delay what you do and that could tell you, all right, I can actually scrap that idea with 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 two nil up with twenty to go, with three, one up, whatever. We'll do this instead then. But when it catches you off guard and you're thinking, right, we're just about to get to this mark and I'm gonna change it to this and it's not gonna change the shape and all of a sudden both score, it gives you that panic where you've got to then go and rethink for a couple of minutes. You've got to tell we've seen it time and time again, haven't we, where a goal at either end has has yeah. dramatically changed. You know, the player we've been seeing warming up for 10 minutes is now sat on the bench and someone else is out warming up because he wants to shut out the game or he needs to go for it. And, you know, these impact moments are called impact moments for that reason. They 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 change the way you make a decision. And and it's easy to say, oh, well, he had, he had four other subs he could have used. Again, Brentford on the attack, his head was like, well, I could put maybe Vestergaard on or whoever was on the bench on. But they've got to settle. When the close numbers of the games, I still need my experienced head out there. Mm. These, you know, I wasn't set for it. And he should probably be set for it. But you're asking a manager to prepare for every situation. Yeah. It's not we're always all, as easy as we make it out sound. We're all managers, aren't we? <laughs> At the end of the day, exactly. we're all sitting there. Um, exactly. It's just like playing FIFA, let's face it. Um, Scott, I'm not sure. I've not seen this rumour. Um, I could not stand having Benitez in charge. I mean, I don't know. We are one game in. And yes, we are going to criticise what he's saying. We're going to pull it to bits. That's what we're here for. Um, but I don't think there's any chance of him going yet. I really, really don't. It's just somebody somewhere has got a page to fill on a newspaper or, or, or a web page, and he thinks, right, you know, who's everybody moaning about? Oh, Brendan Rogers. you know. It's not Brendan Rogers' fault that he's, he's not spending money. You know, you can't blame him for not bringing people in, can you, Brad? No, you can't. At the end of the day, like that article by Rob Dorsett clearly explains, there's a reason why. And, I, and I've touched upon this idea of how people are, were over-reading reports and not often when I'm right, but when I'm right, it turns out to be a case. And this is pretty much exactly what I said after the post-match about it, after the Brentford game, and that is the club aren't willing to put themselves at risk of going into debt to, to support yeah. that thing. We want to infrastructure and build that way so that you know, when if Leicester can continue this push in the league of what they're doing, they're going to do it. And 
again, I've used this term so many times when we discuss transfers, when we discuss rumours, when we discuss signings, when we discuss silly tales like this. It's lazy journalism. You know, I've just done a show about theories of a, of a fictional variety. Well, some of the stories that come up with are all theorised out of thin air. It's like, well, what if there's a problem with Brendan? And that's why I'm not spending money. Well, we'll post that as an article anyway. And we'll yes. say that's the reason because he's fallen out with Chowdhury before over yeah. COVID. So now that I own him out, it's got to be a problem. Brendan's going to be And the other thing as well game. is that, you know, um, if you've got, I'm not having a go at the Mercury here, but every every newspaper now, I, I worked in the newspaper industry for over 20 years. Uh, how it used to be 20 years ago and how it is now are two different industries altogether. And you would never 20 years have got um, the Leicester Mercury taking a story probably off something like News Now and making it a headline you know, piece in, in Leicestershire life. Um, so, yeah. Watch what we, we guys. I've put a link up on the thing there. Uh, that that is the um, the story I was talking about. I went through it on the news show the other night, and it is the, it is the only sensible piece of journalism about Leicester City I have seen since the transfer window opened. The only sensible thing. How are people still linking us with players when we haven't? You know, we're not buying, but we're still being linked. So that kind of sums it up. But do check that link out, guys. It is well worth the read. Right, let's go on and see what um, Brendan else has, what else Brendan has to say. Chelsea interest in Wesley Fofana doesn't seem to be going away. I'm just wondering what have you said to him about that and how's he responding about kind of just having that focus on, on Leicester at the moment? Mm. Well, I think the message to all the squad is that because uh, it's not just the players that uh, the speculation around it, it can affect the whole group if you don't manage it. So the message is very much just keep your eyes on the ball, you know, keep uh, your focus on your football. Um, it's it's notoriously a time of the year when we know there's lots of speculation and gossip around. Um, but it's something that I haven't seen so much in the group. You know, the the, the squad have very much trained. A really, really good level. Um, the intensity been really good, and everyone focused on on doing the best in the games for Leicester City. So, um, so yeah, so it hasn't been been too difficult for for Wesley himself. He's, he's a young guy, he's a, he's a very talented player. I I communicate openly with him, and uh, he knows our thoughts on him and uh, and the clubs. What's your gut feeling as of today? Do you think he will still be with you beyond the deadline? I I don't think about it. And regarding incomings, I know you'd spoken in the past about. Apparently, we've not had a third offer from Chelsea. No, and they can bugger off because he signed a five-year deal. Well, he signed an extension. That's correct. He signed an extension which takes his current yeah. contract now to five years. He signed that in March. So it's even greater stronghold for our club in, in in regards to the power we hold in that situation, because we, as our club has stated several thousand times, and we'll have to probably state it several thousand times more, we're not a selling club. We don't need to sell in terms of to stay afloat, but if we want to upgrade an acquisition or a place in our squad that's become available for whatever reason, then 
we have the asset to do so and we have a valuation. If you're wanting to take one of our key players, we have a valuation for that player. Yeah. And I think the reason that this club gets referred to that it gives off a very good family feel to it is because, like you imagine, say, how a family is, they support you in, in, in your aspiration. So Wesley Fofana, to every note, is happy at the club. They don't really like discussing it in the club, from what Brendan's saying there. Um, I think Chelsea are hopefully going to start looking elsewhere because we've told them no at what they thought would be mm. our tipping point. He's got five years, we don't need to sell him. And he seems to be the sort of professional that if he gets September and the window's closed, he's going to play no difference to the way he started the game against Brentford. So, um, so I, yeah. I'm happy with his response. He's not barking up to it, but he's, he, he's shutting it down in a very good way. And I, and I like that. I like the way he's happy. Yes. We, we, we know that any player has their price. We know that. Yeah. Um, but as I well, say... I just Sorry, should I go on first? No, no, I was going to say was, and then I'll let you just say, is just please, please read that thing. And I, I keep coming back to it a lot, but that Sky piece answers a lot of questions. It yeah. says, no, it says, no, we are not broke. Yes, we have money, but why spend money like Barcelona on a club, on players that we cannot register because we've already got 27, you know, players registered and you can only put 25 forward so why buy do we want to become a barcelona where we are buying players the second week of la liga this week and they're not even registered to play yet so they're getting paid to sit on the back sides also it's you know do we want to become a lead do we want to gamble in getting europe next season and then we don't and then we're just slowly getting into more and more and more debt. We saw what happened to Leeds. We, I don't want us to be a Leeds. I don't want us to be a Barcelona. And if that means we sit mid-table for a couple of seasons while the owners... I mean, the owners are, are, are extending the ground and we're still only half the size of Old Trafford. So yeah, but we've, got to think of yeah. we've got to think of things like that. You, can, you can't... You, you know, Leicester have to learn from other teams' past mistakes. And and the very key word you used there, Chris, was the word gamble. And the yeah. owners don't see this football club as a as, as a gamble. They see it as a, as a means to succeed. And, and they've managed that over the years since they've, they've been in charge of the club. And they continue to do it. And it's, it is a strategy that, like any business idea, comes with its own risks. You know, it was did have a little bit of comparison to how Tottenham are doing it, improving mm. the infrastructure with our necessarily for them four or five years or however long period it was of the transition period before they built a squad that now most teams are starting to look at in at least a strong competition for that top three bracket. Conte's building aside their quality players. And you know what? If Leicester take another 15, 20 years to get up to that standard, but they do it level by level, they do it you know, on that even OCD platform when they do it in stages combined, I'm happy for it to go on this way. I'm happy for us to tell Brendan and future managers and whatnot that this is how we're doing the club business. This is how it's run. And you look at Everton last season, nearly went down spending over a half billion pounds yeah, on, on yeah. absolute cost. It doesn't yeah. always work out. No, and, and no. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way Leicester yeah. choose to do their business. 
and we look at Man United. I mean, they were bought for six hundred million dollars by the Glaziers. Do you know how much of that had been paid off? I could not absolutely even nothing. Mm. Because the Glaziers are taking money out of that club. Any sales that or any people that they buy, the money that they are spending is generated by the club. The Glaziers are not putting one penny into that club other than what, you know, the fact that they've, they've saddled them with all that debt. We don't want to go that way. You know, I say we are expanding the club, the, the, the stadium, but we're still only going to be, like I say, half the size of Man United. So we can't compete with Man United and Newcastle as things are at the moment. You know, they've got this huge plans for all the area around the club to make it more attractive, to bring people in. It has got to be. We, we've been very lucky. And in a way, we almost ran before we could walk. Because, you know, when, yeah. when Top came in and said, oh, I'll have us in Europe in... Uh, sorry, when Vitri came in and said, we'll have us in Europe in five years. <laughs> we, all, we all went, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> you know. um, and it virtually almost did. But... You know, winning it the way we did, it literally is, I think, we sort of progressed too quickly, but we've not got to go mad. Like I said, if it means a couple of seasons where we're mid-table, you know, maybe 8th, ninth, 10th, maybe sneaking into Europe, I'm happy, as long as I've still got a club to support at the end of it, you know. I know, uh, I mean, Keith says here, this squad is more than talented enough for top six without additions. Technically, it is. You know, Pratt's come back. That's like a new signing because he now wants to stay. Um, once we got all the players back at the back end of last year, yeah, we looked a lot better team. Yeah, we should have held on to the 2-0, but we didn't. But we didn't lose. We didn't do a Nottingham Forest, you know. Liverpool let it They got 2-2. Two, two. Are they talking about replacing Klopp? I don't think so. Uh, but Terry just made the point, pity the club didn't spell it out rather than leaving it to a journo. I agree. I agree. Maybe they should have just come out, Susan Whelan or someone, and said, look, guys, this is where it is. Because it's the hope that yeah. kills us, as we always say. Yeah, but I think the club have a responsibility to remember they're a business and a football club first. And although the fans... Leicester, Leicester as a club, genuinely, this is not a biased opinion. A lot of neutrals no. have said this. Leicester is a very well-run club in being honest and open with its fans. But sometimes you've just got to, you've got to see what you can do because there was there was no reason to say that Chelsea didn't muck around and wait until the last couple of weeks of the transfer window to start building the way up. They could have came in. Someone could have came in and offered us 30 million for tournament. Someone could have came in and offered us 87, 88, 90 or whatever million. Or, or at least started at around a 60 million mark for um, for Farner. You know, Newcastle yeah. could have come in with 50 million, well, 60, 70 million for Madison and negotiated that. And they could have said that we want out. And then Leicester would have had to say that his valuation, they meet it go. But that's not been the case. So... Again, yeah. happy why the clubs run, and I'm happy. We also don't want a a Schmieter Schmaler, do we? By having Dennis Wise's at a club, so no, that's one no, thing. We definitely don't. Right, let's see what else he had to say. It's going to be a difficult window. Is is that still the case, or could a big sale open up possibilities for you? Uh, no, I, I still it's it's going to be one where uh, the club will need to move on, look to try and move on some players, and. Uh, 
and then see what that releases. There's no guarantees for us at this stage, but um, but yeah, once you know anything happens, then of course then the, the club will let me know. But uh, but in the meantime, my my focus is purely with the, the players that's here really, and uh, if something happens later down the line, then uh, we'll address it then. What comparisons can be made to Arsenal from last season and what they've done maybe in pre-season and last week in, the, in their first game against Crystal Palace? For me, Arsenal have gone to a new level. The three boys that have come into the team. Uh, Saliba was a, a very gifted young player that played alongside Wesley at, at St Etienne and uh, but of course, needed some game experience. Difficult when Arsenal signed him to to play him because he was so young. But uh, but it went away and and played for two or three years. Has got really good experience. And you see now him coming back at twenty one. He's six foot four. He's quick. He can dominate in the ball. So he's uh, so so he's a fantastic addition for them in and gives them that presence at the back. The two other guys coming in from uh, from Manchester City have have made a huge difference. There's absolutely no question. They're coming from an elite, world-class, winning environment. You see the mentality. And uh, and Gabriel Jesus, he's, he's a world-class striker. And he uh, you just see how he goes about his work, his focus, his hunger, his desire and his quality. I, I, I've had it with, you know, Arsenal fans... They've come along and said, "Oh, we're not, you know, we're not made any signings." <laughs> they made some very, very good signings, and you know, when you're talking about sort of Leicester, look at where Arsenal were last season. You know, by being sensible, then they've been able to now go out and make the purchases that they want to. Yeah, maybe this is a sign that you should be patient with a manager, and if you're going to hire a manager, you've got to back. And believe their ideas. Yeah, of course. If it goes disastrously wrong and, and, and quickly, and it's looking, it's looking like the trap trap door more than a European tour. By all means, make that decision. But if you stand by a manager who's bringing you relative success, you know, because everybody talks about oh, Moyes and this and that being given the tarnished name from the Fergie year and it being a poison chalice. But it seems to be, despite fans of some majority wanting Wenger retiring way before he did, it seems that Arsenal are trying not to suffer from the same effect. And oh, look, they're quality signings that Arsenal have made. And yeah, they've had to be frustrated and patient, but patience is a virtue. And you know what? If in two, three seasons' time, Leicester are able to go out and, and, and you know, law in a transfer of, of, of that quality of an of a known talent because I know we've got quality players and and, and we've we've on earth but I'm talking having the pleasure of going out and buying someone like a Gabriel Heat who's right in front you know going out and buying these players competing on the market if it takes that to get here I'm more than happy to see it because again like you said Chris I'm I'm seeing the football club play week in week out. Hmm. Beat Crom here says um, I am fine with not spending any money. We need a new manager. Rogers out. Uh, all you have to look at is the Emperor's new clothes attitude. Uh, all last year, it became a running joke. I mean, we, we, we're going to go over this time and time again. So I'm going to sort of, for me, put this to bed now. I I was beginning to question, Brendan. Um, uh, and, you know, Brad, you know, I'm very much a Brendan in person. Yes. And this is why, in a way, we've put the post, well, I've put the post match show back a couple of hours. 
so that we are sort of coming to it, having had a chance to have a whiskey, brandy, what gin, whatever you want, and calm down. And then we look at it rather than going in all guns blazing straight after the final whistle. Um, it's too early after one game to be saying, right, it's time for him to go. I mean, OK, he can go back to the Peter Taylor, you know, in, the, in his second season, he carried on from the season before. But last season we finished, and I can't say this enough, we finished eighth and we finished... In a, we had a, a semi-final European game uh, against a team that was in the Champions League lots of long ago. Who got a, probably one of the best managers in the world, and we got to the semi-finals and we we went out by the odd goal. Now, and I say we finished eighth. You cannot tell me that that was a bad season because it isn't. Everton would have loved to have been us. There was 14 other clubs in that league that would have loved to have been us. And the fact that we've got fifth for two seasons running does not mean that we're entitled to be there. You know, West Ham, last season, they only got only got beat us by one place, but they had the same problems as us, injuries. 30-plus injuries during the season, nine-plus defenders. No manage. If Klopp, I mean, if Seller broke his fingernail, Klopp would be whining on about it and saying he needs a new striker. You know, we had all those injuries. Brendan did what he could with the squad. And it's I know hindsight's a wonderful thing and I'm 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 talking through hindsight. But he for with what he had to deal with, he did not do a bad job. And if you'd have given me eighth and a European semi final place at the start of the season, I would have probably accepted it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair enough assessment. I, I do understand why people are saying Brendan out in the terms that they're, they're obviously not just judging it off one game. It'd be utterly ridiculous if you were just judging it off one game. I think it's the fact that there's notable patterns uh, that have occurred with Brendan at the helm. I mean, you have to admit, Chris, I mean, I, I, I was sat there watching it and as soon as I realised where Daka was going and what happened, what was happening to Leicester formation? I went from watching the game like this to, oh no, mm-hmm. oh no, first score, this is going to cause trouble. And it did. And you can't also bemoan people for wanting him out because of that reason. I'm still a firm supporter in him, and I think he's got a chance to, to really go right. We debate the fact that he's never had this long at a job in management, whether that's through choice or not. Most of the time it hasn't been. But I, again, on paper, Leicester had a meh season. They finished eighth, they got to a semi-final. That's on paper, and that, that's credit, in a way, to, to where Leicester have come yeah. since, since returning to the Premier League and, and all they have achieved. Not just the semi-final, not just the fifth-play finishes, but the FA Cup, the, the English Super Cup, or you know the Charity Shield, yeah. as most people, uh, Community Shield, sorry, as people call it. The Premier League title, when I know that wasn't under Rodgers, but you go after that, that's a success that has befallen Leicester. And I think sometimes, like you say, maybe sometimes we're a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of what we should actually be expecting. Because, yes, on paper and looking at recent history, Leicester finishing eighth is mayor. But if you look at everything that actually happened throughout that season, eighth was a really good, solid finish. That Had we managed yeah. to get together about three or four weeks beforehand, that run where we couldn't beat anybody, you know, the Villas and the Everton games, which were mess talk about um you know were 
you know, were, were probably the all that separated us from taking West Ham's spot, weren't they? In, in, in yeah. So. Yeah. And, I, I mean, B. Crom says here, uh, Rodgers is burning his players out in training, thus all the injuries. I mean, I would have thought that, and I question that a lot at the start of the season. But then when you speak to people that know more than us, you know, I mean, Rob Tanner works for The Athletic, you know, knows his stuff. Um, he knows people at the state, you know, he's followed the club often enough. As he pointed out, there is a there is when a player gets injured, there is a red period, a red danger zone when he's not really fit enough to play, but he's not yeah. totally injured. And now that red danger zone usually comes after the injury. So, Untru, for example, was playing in that red zone because we had got nobody else to play there. So Rodgers was having to play a lot of players when he shouldn't have been because we had nobody else. Um, Now, I didn't think of it like that. I didn't understand that. But when it's explained to you, God, yes, it makes sense. James Justin came back and got injured straight away because he came back too early. Um, so, you know, it, it's hindsight, like I say, hindsight is a wonderful thing and speaking to people and explaining things is a wonderful thing, but that for me did sort of explain things a little bit more, but, uh, let's see where Brendan goes next. We have someone like that in the building that really can elevate other players to, to a different level. And Sinchenko is, uh, is a player that can play at a couple of positions to the very highest level. You see him at fullback when he moves inside. <laughs> And uh, you see him play for Ukraine when he plays as a centre midfield player. So I think those players have really given the, the squad the confidence and uh, and has given Mikel the the tools to play probably how he really wants to play. And uh, they've had a good pre-season and obviously started well against Crystal Palace. Thanks, Brenton. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very quickly on Arsenal. Um I predicted a draw because I can't go against my club, but they. I'm surprised that Man City have sold some players to one of the biggest rivals. But uh, you know, like I say, Arsenal. I would. I would have loved those signings, um, and I think they're going to be maybe possibly a surprise package this season. They could be. Time will tell. Uh, but people also started wetting the knickers over everybody that Man United was signing. Look how that started for them. Um, yeah, look who yeah, they're cool. after now, They because they can't spend big money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're a decent side. And all joking aside, look at where they've been finishing, minus that season when they finished eighth. Um, you know, they've been doing pretty well in terms of where they're finishing, and Again, this is the blueprint for how it can get turned around and, and, and we can have seasons better than Arsenal in the midst of that process. Yeah. And a, a title still a way off, but definitely having a resurgence back to that yeah. top form, they got rid of the dead. Yeah, it took them a couple of seasons to do that, indeed. Um, Scott says, Chris, when you say Brendan had no players to be able to play, whether it was injuries or COVID, I'm guessing Rob was referring to squad players as opposed to development players. If we had the development players, we can't play them in the Premier League. We've got a 25-man squad that we have to register, and we have to stick to those 25. And that's why when we played Watford in January, you saw the youngsters to come through, because that was an FA 
uh, game and you can you don't have to register players for that but for the premier league we could not use development players because we've only allowed those 25 players that we have got registered so it doesn't matter if we've got 500 development players available we cannot use one of them we've got to stick to the 25 and that's why the players were being rushed back um Every year for the last few years around Christmas, Vardy's groin area flares up. He's not he's not regulating his min due to his age. I, I think we're going to find we're going to see that a little bit more. I mean, obviously he'll be in discussions with Vardy as to uh, how he feels about it. Uh, but I think we will see Vardy coming off after seventy minutes, possibly, and Daka. Uh, or, or in actual probably Daka coming on uh, to replace him. Uh, let's see what he talked about next. Okay, Rob, PLP. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Rob. Uh, a few days on from the Brentford game, there was a lot that you said you liked. Obviously, half an hour that you mm. perhaps didn't. What have you learned a few days on? I think the just looking after the details that was that was important for us. We had. Um, Total comfort in the game, but two uh, 0 and then we just uh, lose a little bit of organisation on a throw-in, and from that, that results in a goal, and then all of a sudden the it gives the uh, a little bit of momentum to the other team. So, um, so, so, so certainly that was that was one item of the game. Another other thing that we can analyse of where we can be better in, but um, but like I say, the attitude of the players was, was first class, and. Uh, like I say, we uh, we wanted to win, we didn't, and uh, yeah, well, things that we have learned, we'll take into our next game. You say you think Arsenal have gone to a, a... thoughts thoughts on that, Brad? Um, I mean, it's the first game of the season. He was always going to get asked, "What did he think and take from performance?" Uh, I think we know that that last half an hour was. Goes to Christmas past for Leicester fans, wasn't it? Watching it, but he, he did state the improvements. You know, I did it on a tactical board on the post match where I said Leicester had pushed that high press line. Still, technically, the old Leicester with the passing sideways and slow build up, but they were doing it from a far higher point of view. And that exhaustion, it probably tells as to why when it was 2 1, they dropped deeper back than they were hoping. They were obviously hoping Brendan was hoping to take a 2-0 lead into that into that second game and mm. there's, there's still a lot of positive takes from it though. the thing with substitutions is and we've seen this with with any manager is that you make a substitution and then you concede a goal uh it's well god it's the worst substitution in the world if he'd put Dakar on as he did and let's say Dakar had gone ahead and, and got a goal five minutes after coming on on a breakaway, it would have been the absolutely fantastic, you know, master tactician and he got the substitute right. It is thin lines for managers, isn't it? It certainly is, you know, and, and, and how many times have we watched the game and talked, you know, like the sun shines out of their asses? about how the goals are fantastic, the clean sheet or the this and that was great. Mm. But we're really, we've watched the game where they've only had three chances and it's brilliant. But we've watched them three chances, hit the post, get tipped around for a corner and, and a free kick that just shaves the top of the bar. And you're thinking, yeah, and if one of them had a bit back in there, imagine what it would have done. And it's a cruel mistress of football. 
uh, as it is sometimes. Not all your plans are going to go to fruition. Exactly, exactly. Right, let us carry on. New level this season. How do you think Mikel Arteta has been able to achieve that? He's brought in players that uh, simply has, has allowed him to do that. I think Mikel will have had a way of, of which he's wanted to work. You know, he'd have wanted uh, a number nine that's that's aggressive, that can threaten the goal, has the confidence, can run in behind, can take the game short. Um, you don't need to convince him to work. He's a natural worker. Gabriel Jesus can play in a couple of positions. So I just think that mentality him alone will have will have helped the squad. Sinchenko coming in understands exactly the role that uh, that Mikel will want him to play, where he can play and drift on the inside, can make passes and open up the spaces on the outside for for the wingers. And then, like I say, the freshness of uh, a young centre half coming into the team and hungry to to prove himself. So um, so yeah, so that along with the work that they've been doing over a few years, bringing in that. Those talents can uh, make a big difference to the squad. They were the subject of a behind-the-scenes documentary last season. Have you had a chance to watch it? Is that something that you would encourage here? No, I've, I've never watched it. No. Okay. Not something you would have here then? The cameras following everything? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> if um, I could uh, have any control over that, definitely not. Um, you mentioned earlier to Paul about I think he's reverse referring to the uh, all or nothing, isn't he? Um, which is probably yes, nothing for yeah. Arsenal. Would you want to see that just very quickly? Would you want to see that at our club? Not really. I think the club. I think most clubs in general have got enough out there on the social medias, on the Facebooks, on the Twitter pages, on. You know, on the YouTube channels, on, on on their Instagrams, on the TikToks, the players do enough of it as it is. Um, the club have four, five, six social media outlets to source to. Mm. I'm not really bothered, really. You know, I watch the training sessions to see exactly on the way Leicester work on their think on what they're working on in training. I watch post-match interviews and stuff like this that we're discussing and, and reacting to today. But no, I don't really care. I don't want to no, no. hear that. It's not my I, I agree team. with you totally. I agree with you totally. Uh, Scott says, do you think Brendan was trying to make a statement to the board that the players he had on the bench may not be able to change the game? And that what can be done because we're still back to the same position that we can't sign anybody until we shut some players out. Uh, so whatever we say about uh, was this the reason, was that the reason, the bottom line is we we have only got those 25 places and we have got more than 25. Well, we've got just 25 players now, unless obviously the um, uh, signing of the goalkeeper is is correct. Departures, Hamza Chowdhury, obviously Academy Products has gone to... Watford, what would you like to say about him and, and obviously the transfer and what, what that does to you guys? Yeah, well, well Lambsy, he's gone to a fantastic club uh, with a good manager who's just gone in and uh, and I'm sure he'll do really well. Hamza, my time here, he's been a really valuable member of our squad. Um, but for him, for him to progress and make the next progression, he needs to play more. And, uh, and this year, with one game a week, it was going to be limited, his time. So, uh, 
as I said, he, he had a brilliant attitude every single day in training. Hamza was was first class. Uh, he was always there for the team, but uh, he needed to play games, and uh, he's got the opportunity now to go to Watford. Like I said, really good manager who gone in and want to put his mark in the in the, the club and the team, and uh, great supporters that will support Hamza uh, whilst he's there. So, uh, so yes, I think it's a really good move for both. Watford fans very happy with with the signing. Um, I got a little bit confused about this on on the news show the other day um, because I just don't know what was happening with with Hamza Chowdhury. He he had that Liverpool game when he was man of the match or when he was playing out of position in defence, and Rogers came out and praised him. And then we never saw him for the rest of the game. Now, a lot of people are saying, yeah, you know, he's the manager. He had a good game. He's right to praise him. But he wasn't just praising him. He was blowing smoke out of his arse. You know, it was pictures of him, like, you know, pointing to him on the camera from behind with two hands and, you know, really going over the top. Uh, I mean, and then you don't use him for the rest of the season. But in fairness, as much as he has, you know, grown over the years um you know he's got that kind of red card out of him he probably if we're honest is still third choice behind Indeedy and mendy yeah i think it's fair to say uh i think if anybody did one of these in the head or did a show about who leicester should sell keep and whatnot and i think charlie was definitely on the list of probably loan out for literally yeah. for that reason uh, very interesting point that was made there that playing once a week became a big decision. So that makes it even stranger, or that either tells me that had Leicester snuck in the back door and, and made European contest and would be regularly um, without international interruption, be playing midweek uh, and obviously Saturday or Sunday, depending on their mm. midweek. So, with that in mind, maybe that's all in convolution as to why all of a sudden Pratt's happy to stay because he was told his situation of what it would be like and how he's going to have to work hard and wait patient. Again, that word patient. Yeah. You know, he's not just behind in that position, but he's behind the pecking order across the midfield because you'd assume that that means that Samore, Pratt are going to be their midfield go, excuse me, go-to options and you want to have a Chowdhury there for when that notch in the list is allowed to go up and you're, you know, you can, mm. you know, not have a Tillemans and, and, and someone starting. So you need it. And, and, and if he's playing week in, week out in a competitive championship division, he's only going to improve. So I'm, 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 I'm probably more happy than that. than I am losing somebody on a, on a cheap just to get them off the wage. But at least I feel that Hamza still got a chance here at Leicester to, Maybe do a Harvey Barnes. He signed an extension to his contract by a year because he's only got a year out of it. But that does allow Watford to have the option to buy at the end of the season. So if he has a good season, Watford will keep him. If he has a bad season, we'll get him back and we'll probably have to loan him out again. But but time time will tell. Time will tell. But I think he was one of the, like you say, the obvious ones that you would put in the departure lounge, uh, as they say. Yeah. Uh, B. Crom says, I don't care what manager is here as long as we run two strikers up top. We have the best pure holding midfield in the world in Indeedy. We need to take advantage of that. Thing is, how 
how many managers are actually playing to up front. I don't think, I mean, Sean Dyche used to. Um, you know, you can argue it didn't work out for them at Burnley. I don't think there's many played to up front now, is there, Brad? No, there's, there's not. In fact, when Brendan actually did go to, to up front with Ian Acho and Vardy, uh, we were probably one of the few clubs that were still doing it. So, yeah, uh, especially in the Premier League, I can't think of a team that was running with two up front. It's normally a, 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 it's either a narrow front three, which you could push to do it, but Leicester don't have them options for arms being injured to make it a narrow front three. Yeah, you may be. There's no reason why you couldn't. I know we saw it with Moose and it didn't work, but there's no reason doing it with someone else who couldn't do a Decker and, and, and Barnes on that left. But again, that's time will tell. You know, certain arts of football are always going to die out and then come back into trend. And, and that's just not a tactic at the moment that a lot no, of teams No. So if you want. replace the manager, like you say, you're probably going to get the same video. Yeah. Uh, one up front and false nine. All right, let's see what else. Thank you. Okay, Owen. Hi, Brendan. Hi. Um, I just wonder if I could ask about Harvey Barnes and and whether there was a, a timescale yet on on his knee injury. I know you said it was going to be a few weeks last week, but is there a specific timescale you've got in mind now? Nothing specific. Or no, he um, he has been with the medical team. Um, still has an irritation around the knee, so uh, so I don't have a, an exact time on that. Okay. Um, since we spoke last week, I wonder. I know you've said you you have talked to to Wesley and about uh, about what the club feel about him. But from from a personal level, have you been able to have a chat with him about why you think it would be best for him to stay at Leicester City this summer rather than looking at, at moves elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, you know another year here certainly for him at least would uh, would be really important for his development. Um, but yeah, but Wesley's quite calm and, and relaxed in, in the situation. He, he's, he's aware of the interest. He understands where we, where we are as a, as a club and where we see him. Um, and he's just getting on with, with his work and training well. And uh, like I said, whenever there's any communication, we, uh, we're able to have a conversation. Um, you said that there had been a bid for Wesley, but was nowhere near the valuation. Has there been any, any fresh offers, offers that had come in for him? Not that I'm aware of. There's been there was two, but uh, but again, no one near what uh, I think what the, the club would even think about. I think that the point to again to reiterate is that we're not looking to sell Wesley. That's the that's the key point. You know, he's not a player that is actively looking to to move on. Um, but naturally, if there's an interest from a from other clubs, then of course. Uh, you know that is looked at by the club, but um, you know that he's he's a top top young defender, which there's not too many about at his age. So, uh, so he's someone that we want to and would love to keep here, but uh, we have to win. Okay, so Harvey Barnes is um, no no date on his coming back, so there's no, no real news there. Uh, Wesley Fafana. Um, and he was kind of saying, well, you know, come back to us in a year, Chelsea, wasn't he? But the, the, the signs are looking that Wesley want, is going to be here this season, is going to be staying. Like he said, you know, every player has his price there. Um, but 
you've got to meet our valuation. It was the same with Man United and Maguire and Chelsea. Don't keep pressing and coming in with these silly little offers, you know. Come in with the price we want, which is around 85 million, and we'll talk. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester actually have a higher valuation on that one. Oh, excuse me. And that and that just purely being because um you know, oh excuse me again. Um they don't you know there's not a want away in Wesley for Farno. It's been reiterated by the player. We hear it reiterated by the manager. And I think the fact that there there's not that want away that Maybe next year or the year after, Chelsea could still get him for 80, 85 million sort of figures. But if you're wanting to prime away from a, a player that's happy to be here, got five years on his contract and the club aren't at all interested in the same, you're probably looking at Chelsea are going to get told, you know, if they, have, if they have a cave and blink first and say, right, what's it going to cost? We're mm. going to see something astronomical. And that's why I, I just, I'm so confident with him being a Leicester player. Because yeah. I think it would take something in the region of 120 million to prime away from Leicester, wow. given the wow. situation. Yeah. Rich is in. Good evening, Rich. How the devil are you? Check out Rich Sports on YouTube. Um, a lot of Man United content, but uh, which is very interesting at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and there's a lot to talk about, I guess, Rich. Um, and make sure you get over there and check him out. And thank you, Rich. Like he says there, hit the share and subscribe. Appreciate that, Rich. Thank you very much. Uh, Scott says um, our 100 million... Plus for Fafana, the papers are saying eighty-five, uh, which would be a world record for a defender. Um, I'm thinking possibly a hundred. I think the thing we've got to say is that at this point, they're not going to meet that Chelsea. Um, we're almost no. certainly not going to meet that. And Wesley isn't doing a Riyadh. He's not throwing his yeah. toys out the pram. He's not going on strike. He's not having a nervous breakdown. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not making light of um, you know depression or anything like that. I'm I've got it myself. But you know, you can't play because you couldn't get a move. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that 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 worked or not. And obviously, camping out at Paris, you know, airport, waiting for his manager, his agent, to ring him and tell him which plane to get on. I'm sorry. So Fafana's not doing that. So um, I think yes, we, we we will have him. We will have him for a while. A while yet. Um, you you said you would have an answer for us on the vice captain mm -hmm. at the football club after Johnny Evans moved into that captain's role. Is that something that's been discussed? And is is there a decision there? Yeah, yeah, we've discussed that. So it's still in a in a process. So uh, so hopefully we'll have that for you in due course. Okay. Rumours KDH burn off Johnny Evans. Wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad uh, master to give to you know give the apprentice to, would it? I mean yeah. a lot of people already hyped the early career starting of KDH. Um the thing is you need to know if he wants it. You yeah. know, you need to know if he wants to be a captain as well. You know, everybody can have hunger for the game and he clearly has hunger for this club and the game and he's, he's loved here. If he's a step for his, absolutely make it vice-captain. Johnny Evans has probably got a season or two around the camp 
left in him, whether it's just like West, even if that falls into a West Morgan style role, you can mm-hmm. still learn off him being at the club. And it, it's a thing, but you've got to remember he needs to make that decision. He might not want the cap season. That might be a thing he's never desired. And you can have that in place. You can love a club and want to work for them, but you may never decide to be a captain or have the fundamentals to be one. Yeah. On paper, yeah. the way he plays, obviously, yes, it's great. Time will tell. If he takes a role, brilliant. I look forward to having him as a captain one day, hopefully. Now, I'm going to do a Brad. Um, <laughs> now you're worried, aren't you? I'm going to do a Brad, and I'm going to quote cricket. Because I look at cricket, and I'm not a huge follower of cricket, and I've got to be honest with you, I don't understand all the rules or, you know, what these things meant. And obviously I know what LVW and that is. I know the basics. And if it's like a, you know, a, um, a, a, a one day or a, one of these 50 overs games, I love it. It tends to be, unless it's the ashes, I can't get into these long games at all. But one thing I have noticed with England is making a player the captain can be the death of them as a player. You know, and I yeah. go all the way back to Ian Botham, um, how he sort of was best thing since sliced bread, but not captain material. You know, when so he was made captain, captain. Yeah. it took him, yeah. Is it Joe Root that it's just happened to as well? Yeah, but I think Joe Root's been met with a lot of harshness because when he was captain, he got off to a great start. We were Australia were on the down, in, on the rebuild. That, that England have been doing for a while now. And he kind of got the butt end and the latter end of his his captaincy, but it wasn't all bad under Joe Root. It was certainly no disaster like that. No, Peterson. but you know what I mean? It kind of took yeah. his edge off, didn't Without getting into sort of too much detail. Yeah, and, and, again, and again, you know, we could be looking at this in, in a couple of seasons' time and, and, and talking mm. about Brendan Rodgers and how did his career go? Was it successful because he won the Community Shield, the FA Cup, and got to a few semi-finals? Or will we be talking about his last few seasons because they were disasters? Yeah. It's all how you're remembered. That um... it is, but like I'm just saying, sometimes yeah. the weight of responsibility. You know, if we are in a semi-final of an FA Cup and you know we 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 won all and we're into the last ten minutes and Johnny Evans gets injured and he's taken off and suddenly Kieran Dewsbury Hall is captain is that weight on his shoulders suddenly going to sort of weigh so heavily that it affects his game that's my worry and i think also as well if Tielemann stops another season i think he will be vice captain for one season which would give kieran the chance to bed in a little bit more and maybe take it on in a, in a season's time i mean we'll probably find that that gets locked in 100 come september I think you're mm. right in the fact that they all, it could all depend on tournaments. But, you know, we talk about different levels of captaincy, and you also have different styles of captaincy. Talks about goalkeepers, mm. captains, centre backs, captains, you know, the, the vision they get at the level they play on it, you know, fielders as captains. Um, the thing is with, with a vice captain, it, more in other sports than that, it's very unlikely that they have to step in. And, one test in cricket terms or one or two games in football you can mm. get away with it because you pretty much probably find that that is something that you sit down and talk about as a captain what do you do what how do you do it how do you manage you talk about it you want to learn about how to be a captain you get taught how to be a captain and even if it's in the 
off-season and, and the pre-season, and, and let's say Johnny Evans gets injured by September and Kieran Dewsbury is the vice-captain, he will read the playbook, as the, as the Americans know it. Now, he'll read the playbook, he'll read what he's been taught, and he'll, if, if he has to come off the bench or he takes over from whilst on field, he'll know as well as them let other players know you know, how we go about handling our business in this situation. Mm. I will do that. When the gaffer tells me to change it up to something else, I'll do that. And, and I think that's what yeah. the vice-captain role leads to. Yeah. Speedcom makes a very good point. And remind me at the end, I want to come back to that, but I do want to get through the press conference first. But he, he makes a point I made the, 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 the other day. Uh, but let's just uh, let's just watch the end of the conference. Is that something that you discuss with the with the players, and is it like a, a group process, or is yeah. it just with yeah, the management, with the players, with the staff as well? So um, I think what was key and important for us was to uh, to get a new leader of the team. That was that was most important. Uh, we have some fantastic senior professionals around. Anyway, the likes of Mark Albright and and Jamie and those types of players. They're, they're very important players for me here. Um, so they, they fill that there, but, but certainly within the, the coming days, we'll, uh, we'll have that all organised. And uh, you're, you said to us that you were supposed to be having a new set-piece coach joining the club, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, a couple of Mondays ago, so about, about five weeks ago now, um, but it was visa problems that were, were causing that. Has he been able to arrive at the club now, or is that still something being sorted? Yeah, it's, it's, we've been given confirmation that... that the, the appeal to the FA was successful, so so that's really good news. And now we have to wait for the documentation, which hopefully at some point next week. So, uh, so yeah. So once that is clarified, then we'll let you know. Are you able to tell us who that is? Not at this moment in time. Once it's confirmed, then uh, then of course we will. Okay. Any clues, Brad? Who that might be? Oh, Brad has had to go off to water the plant. So the Somebody that knows how to... I'm sorry, what did you say, mate? No, I think he's gone. He's gone off for. He's gone off for. Uh, like I say, to, to water the plant. So, um, yeah, be interesting to find out who that will be. To be honest with you, um, but. We will find out in due course, of course. Let's see what else he, uh, Brendan, had to say. And uh, final one from me, Brendan. But your your squad numbers were announced last week, um, but there wasn't a squad number for Callum Wright, George Hurst, Lewis Brunt, Dana Watson, Chitawan, and Josh Apaya, and they all count in the twenty five Premier League squad rules as they're over the age of twenty one. Um, I was wondering. Are you looking at including any of those players in your 25-man squad or are those players who, I mean, I know Callum Wright had, has had a couple of loan spells away. Are they players that could be looking at loan spells and, and won't be included in the squad this year? Yeah, there's a possibility of that. I've spoken to some of those players so um, so they know where the situation is at. And uh, for some of them, I'll be able to get experience again outside of here. Um, and, uh, and for others... Like I say, we'll, uh, but we have to assess that. There we go then. So um, those players are not oh, going sorry, to be man. included. That's all right. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> it was just going on about some like the, the, the Callum Wrights and the George Hursts uh, or being over 21, but not being given a squad number. So they're not in the squad. And he was talking about probably they're going out on, on loan. Um, which is probably the best thing for them, to be honest with you. 
Um, be, be, yeah. I wanted to sort of end on this because I say we've, we've looked at the thing. You made, made some interesting points, uh, did Brendan. Uh, I wish they'd do a thing where the, the people that are asking the questions can actually have a microphone so we can hear it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, now, B. said, I want to be positive and suggest we should try and trade for Mings. He is a true Leicester City style defender, and Gerard doesn't like his style. Maguire and Mings are perfect for us. I asked I asked this question in the show the other night. We sold Harry Maguire for eighty plus million pounds. When he left us, he was a very very good player. It was in the England squad. Um, he was scoring for England. Um, what player? And someone like somebody said Messi would go to Manchester United now and look second rate the way that they are they are going. If Man United came back and said, and it's not going to happen, obviously, I know, but if they came back and said, uh, 20 million, would you take him back? And if you had Top's checkbook, what would you say? No, I'm, I'm good, thanks. And I am, I, you know, you look at the depth we've got around and I don't, I don't, I just don't see the improvement by bringing him in. I just don't see... I mean, unless we're going to hypnotise them into doing a Paul Pogba with him, and then you know, in two years' time they buy him back up for us for like another, you know, eighty million or something, I just I don't <laughs> see the point. I just my, my thoughts down the line are: it's obviously yeah, we made a huge profit on him. We know he's a good. We know there's a good player in there because we had the good player, um, but I'm just, you know I'm just thinking, you know, if we are going to be losing Wes in a year's time. You know, Amate, we saw his shortcomings at the weekend, although he was out of position. Does he offer that coming back to us, like I say, as a £20 million? Pound? It's not going to happen, but like I say, I probably would take him back for that, you know. Um, I mean, if some circumstances were met, then the opening's there, isn't there? Because we'll be down a few numbers in that department. But, oh... I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is... Let me is, ask you the other one, then. Let me ask you the other one. Mings. You no, know, he's lost no. the captaincy. He's fallen out with Gerard, in, obviously. And uh, would, would we do like that experience. When Evans is injured, and let's be honest with you, with his age, he could not necessarily get any more injuries than he normally does, but it's just going to take him longer to, 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 to recover and come back. We don't want to get into a position where we're bringing players back too early again. Uh, so, Unchu could be going. Um, we don't know. Again, w w is that a player, if we have the money, obviously we're not, we're just talking, you know, hypothetically here. Is he the uh, uh, sort of experienced player we could do with? No, no, not really. I mean, there's, there's a reason his career hasn't excelled in the way he was probably hope, hoping to. And unless he's going to admit that he's an Alex Smith is and, and gladly come in to be third choice centre back or fourth choice centre back, then I just don't see it as a viable option. Um, I think Leicester will keep their tight close to bursting numbers to what it is. So they're not going to go out unless it's chronically necessary for them to, to go out and go into the market anyway. Yeah. But you'd yeah. have to lose them on for me. And 
I, you know, I think if he's causing trouble at Villa for the situation he's in and not playing or whatever his reason is falling out, Gerard is. If we make a light for light for Soyuncu and, and, and means, are we not just replacing one problem with another and we'll have a player? Oh yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying do a swap. I'm just saying if we sold Soyuncu, would Mings be an option? And like I say, it's completely hypothetical because we, we, we yeah. know it's not going to happen. Brad, yeah. thank you so much. It was very last minute when I got you on, so I really, really do appreciate it. Um, your link is in the description below. Just give a shout out where people can find you and what you do. Yeah, so I do run a YouTube show called A Matter of Opinion. Uh, you can find that on the link in my Twitter bio, my Twitter handle. Have I? Frozen. No, you had frozen. I think you're back. Yeah, it's because my end, it doesn't show me frozen. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you can find me on YouTube, At A Matter of Opinion, where we do um, several topics on our, our weekly that we discuss. This week we did uh, Disney theories. Uh, you find me on YouTube. You find me on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at Full Time Focus. And yeah, that's all in the description down below. So cheers for having me on, Chris. No. Uh, and as always, everybody subscribe here first. Thank you very much. And as always, thank you for coming on. I apologise it was short notice. I hadn't planned to do this, but um, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm like. Last minute, Chris, they call me. Right. Well, was that us? Or was that just the wife? I can't remember. But anyway, thanks very much, mate. <laughs> we'll speak to you soon. Oh, Take care. Good. Take care, mate. Cheers. Um, thanks very much to Brad. It was very much last minute when I asked him on. Uh, C96, welcome along. Both Mings and Maguire would be an upgrade on a Marty investor guard. Well, you know, this is what we're saying. Would we go for them? If we could, and it's the big if, of course, that's the thing. You're welcome along. I haven't seen you before at C96. So if you are new to the channel, not just yourself, anybody that's watching, if you are new, then just do one thing for me. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Indeed. Please, please do that. I'm going to be back at 10 o'clock um, and we will be talking Arsenal with Miss Molina, who is an Arsenal fan, and also talking uh, with Craig. Uh, 10 o'clock, a little bit different time because of personal part things that are going on with some of the presenters. So uh, it happens. Family and work always come first. Never, ever this. But um, they will be back at 10 o'clock talking all things Arsenal and Tielemans, I am sure. Thank you very much. If you have been watching this, press that subscribe button, smash the likes. And if you've been listening to this on your favourite podcast platform, we're on all the main ones and a lot of the littler ones as well. Lester Till I Die. Ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die and they'll pick it up on there. I will see you at 10 o'clock. Thank you very much. Take care. Stay safe. Hey. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Goodbye. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
thanks for watching these videos are tremendous you better like them too or I'll be back cool I'm out of here ooh that's a wrap so people are on the pitch they think it's all over Sports Social Podcast Network it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.